Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, we're talking about the habits of successful listing agents and what allows them to convert at a higher level and close more sales. Jeff Glover shares with us the 10 traits that the best of the best have and how each of those traits leads to more deals. Now, let's hear from Jeff. All right, we're going to finish with the 10 skills and habits of successful listing agents. We shared the mindset of a successful listing agent. Now we're going to get into the skill. What differentiates the best listing agents in North America compared to everybody else? And so we've put a list together. And what's really cool about this is this list was put together. um, Some of these points, many of these points were almost written in third person because I asked Kate. I said, Kate, you've been around me now for 12 years. You went from, you know, an inside sales associate to an outside sales associate to our rookie of the year. You've been around the growth of our team and so forth. You've gone out to California and built a business out there and you've been back and you've been coaching the best of the best in Glover U for the longest. She was our first coach. And so I said, I want you to spend some time this weekend thinking about What differentiates the best listing agents that you work with versus the rest? And so then I said, I'm going to write down what I think they are. I'm going to write down what if someone were to ask me, Jeff, what makes you the best listing agent in your state, in your town, in your market, whatever. So I made a list, she made a list, and we combined them, and then we narrowed it down to these 10. So I'll share those with you now. And by the way, this will take us right until uh, about 2.30, and from there we will break for our, our final six breakout sessions, and we will be on our way. So point number one, a great listing agent, skill or trait number one, and by the way, these are in no particular order, a great listing agent has the ability to make whoever they are talking to a great listing agent. By the way, we had, there was like 80 or 90 traits. These are the 10 best. My hope is that you take one or two or three or five of these and go implement them right away. A great listing agent has the ability to make whoever they are talking to feel like they are the only person in the room. A great listing agent has the ability to make whoever they're talking to feel like they're the only person in the room. Remember, we all walk around with these invisible letters on our head. M-M-F-I, make me feel important. (laughs) Great listing agents recognize that the consumer has those letters on their forehead. And therefore, you've heard me say for years, it's one of our, I guess, gloverisms, if you will, flip the switch at the door. Doesn't matter what happened to you on the way over to your appointment. Doesn't matter what happened to you on your way to the office. Deal is falling apart. You know, things didn't work out on that last closing. Uh, The appraisal came in low. When you show up for that listing appointment, you flip the switch. I've done this, a little funny thing for years now, probably well over a decade, because I've believed in flipping the switch because I understand point number one, making the client feel like they're your only client. 
And so for years and years, well, how do you do this? You flip the switch. What do you mean by that? Well, every single, t- every single time I go on a listing appointment, which I-, I mentioned I'll probably have two or three this weekend because obviously I wasn't able to go on them this week. So when I show up on the front porch of those listing appointments, I do this like clockwork every single time. I've done it for probably 10, 12 years. When I ring the doorbell, I say to myself, by the way, this is to myself, not out loud. You know, today's ring door cameras that are going to hear you, and that wouldn't be good if you did that. So I say in my head, flip the switch, it's showtime. I ring the doorbell and I say in my head, flip the switch like I have an invisible switch on my back, it's showtime. And I know from that moment forward, I am 100% into that conversation. Why? What happens when you're 100% into the conversation? Well, what happens is you listen better, and by listening, you ask deeper questions. I've been telling our salespeople for years, I want to challenge you when you ask a question on the script, because since most of the scripts are question-based, I want to challenge you to ask two or three questions deeper than that question on the script. So for every question on the script, where are you moving to? I want you to follow it up with, what takes you there? How did you pick that city? Who do you know there? Do you have a place there? Have you been shopping for real? Go two to three questions deep on every question in the script. For some reason, agents get so caught up and gotta follow the script, gotta follow the script. And don't get me wrong, I want you to follow the script because the script is really a process. The script is a system, if you will, designed to get you a lead or an appointment. But if you're not asking questions within the questions, if you're not asking questions within the scripts, well then your rapport building is just kinda eh. When you ask questions within the questions, deeper questions because you're making, you're making them feel important. And what happens when they feel important, your rapport goes up. And then when your rapport goes up, your conversion goes up. So a great salesperson has the ability to make whoever they're talking to feel like the only person in the room. Make them feel important, flip the switch at the door. Number two, a great listing agent has the ability to become versatile, the ability to become versatile in a variety of situations. A great listing agent, the best of the best, have these 10 traits. One of them is versatility. I remember early on, my first coach smacked me in the face. In fact, I remember Kathy Schweitzer pulling me aside, a longtime mentor of mine, saying, Jeff, you gotta slow down. You gotta learn to, to, to listen to what others are, hear, or are saying, what they're feeling. You have, to help to, you have to develop more versatility. And that's when I learned about the whole DISC system and expressives and drivers and amiables and analyticals. If you understand the D, the I, the S, the C, and all of their traits, because that's step one, right? If you have not mastered the four personality styles, you are leaving listings on the table. I can promise you that. Because what happens is people hire people they feel comfortable with. People will do business with people that they feel comfortable with. Remember, they're making a decision who they hire based on how you make them feel. How do you make them feel a certain way based on what you say and the questions you ask? Well, how do I make someone feel a certain way that maybe I don't gel with them? We're not from the same area. We're not from the same town. We don't really have a lot in common. You know, they're engineers. I'm a salesperson through versatility. At a minimum, my recommendation is that you pay attention to your rate of speech you pay attention to your tonality, and you pay attention to your volume, and you pay attention to your body language. Rate of speech, tonality, 
volume, body language. You understand, when I go on an appointment today, I have four different styles of listing presentations. When I go meet with a seller, I follow the same script, but the way I present changes in each presentation. I have a fast-paced presentation. I have a slow-paced presentation. I have a strong, higher volume, you know, uh, a little more enthusiasm and energy presentation, and I have a more calm and reserved presentation. Same script. My tonality, my body language changes. My rate of speech changes. My volume changes. Well, why is that? Well, because I very much understand the high D, the high S, the high, the, the high I, the, the, and the high C, and what their needs are, and how they communicate, and their rates of speech, and their tonality, and their volume, and their, their speed, and their decision making. So what I recommend to you on that one is, first of all, master the four styles, and then once you've mastered the four styles, start practicing in your role plays. By the way, I've done this for years. You know, Justin, you and I have role played for years in the past and you know, we've gotten different role play partners from around the country and the number one thing I look for is my opposite. When I go to events like this and look for role play partners, which I did for probably seven, 10 years, I looked for people that were the opposite of me and it was a bonus if they were from a different state and had an accent or a different dialect or maybe they spoke broken English, that was a bonus to me. Why? Because it forced me to be a little uncomfortable and to be more versatile. Which means then when I knock on the door or ring the doorbell and say to myself, flip the switch, and they open the door, and I've read their, their personality style. By the way, you know their personality style because you've done the prequel. You followed the prequel script. We had the question yesterday, I think it was in my breakout. Well, how do you determine, what's the best question you can ask to determine someone's personality style? Well, that's easy. Would you please describe your home for me? The number one question that you can ask to determine someone's personality style is, would you please describe your home for me? Watch, high driver. It's got three bedrooms, one and a half bath. What do you want to know? When, when will you be here? Can't we just talk about this when you get here? That's a driver. High eye. Oh my gosh, just wait till you see it. You know, we just had 30 people in our, in our, in our backyard for a party and the tent is still up and uh, we had a huge bonfire out there. Uh, what was your question again? Hi, I, expressive, amiable. Oh, our, we've got a lovely home. Just wait till you see what we've done with the garden in the back. And we can't wait until you help us find a buyer that's gonna appreciate the 37 years that we spent here. You know, our kids have all grown up in the school system. They've all graduated and moved on and, and we're ready for the next chapter of our, our life. Amiable, analytical. Well, we've got 37 inches of blown in insulation. We've got a 13 sear, we've got uh, seven inch stainless steel nails for the floor. They've all been glued so you don't have to worry about a creak in any one of these bad boys. I just want to know how many square feet you have. <laughs> I don't need to know that. Analytical. So when we ask the question, would you please describe your home for me? I'm listening to how they respond to that. I'm also listening to their energy, their enthusiasm, their tonality, their volume, their rate of speech, their speed, and everything they do. And I'm making a note of that. And then that note is following me through the appointment because it's my appointment note sheet that I've kept for years and years, or done the same note sheet that I've done for years. And I'm taking that with me on the appointment. So it's staring me in the face when I'm on a listing appointment. I remember who they are. All right, I got a high D and it looks, appears like she's a high S. Okay, I've gotta make sure I, I play to emotions a little bit. 
Um, I've got to smile a lot. Uh, I've got to have good energy. I've got to ask them about themselves, right? Expressives love talking about themselves. So I'm paying attention to every style when I go on an appointment so that I can become them. And here's my goal. For every appointment you go on, I want you to have the same goal that I have. And that's this statement. Some of you have heard me say this before. Write this down. That name, and put your name, write this down. That name, but put your name, so for me, that Jeff, that Sally, that Bob, that Mark, that Amy, whatever your name is, is just like me. That Jeff is just like me. He gets me. But I'm not just like them. I'm adapting to them. Because you understand that if you don't change your style, you go out and present like normal, like any other, you know, you're going to a restaurant with your friends, your family, and you just talk to people like normal, you understand you're only going to hit it off with one out of every four people you present to. You're gonna hit it off with one out of every four. Why? Well, because we're split into four different styles, equally, D-I-S-C. From time to time, you'll hit it, out, hit it off with maybe two out of those four because they do share some, some traits, right? The S and the, the I uh, make decisions based on how they feel, where the analytical and the driver make decisions based on logic. The, the I and the D make talk fast, maybe a little louder. Uh, rate of speech is higher, right? Those two have that in common. Two of the four all share some things in common. But if you wanna get to 65, 70%, 75% gone on to taken, you have to master versatility. The third skill or trait of a successful listing agent, a great listing agent has the ability to actively listen. A great listing agent has the ability to actively listen. Actively listen. This means listen, listen thoughtfully, respond, dig deeper, rather than thinking about what you're going to say next. One of the biggest mistakes agents make when they're first learning scripts is they're not listening to what the customer is saying. They're just looking and thinking, what's the next question on the script? What's the next question on the script? What's the next question? What, I, I gotta remember the next question. They're so focused on the script versus not listening to the prospect. Well, yeah, but Jeff, I'm, I'm new to this. How do I get to that point? Role-playing every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You realize I had a role-play role partner five days a week from five different states for probably seven or eight years. And I changed them up every six, 12 months. I came to events like this with a purpose of finding new role-play partners every time. Number four. A great listing agent has the ability to dig deeper and ask the questions between the questions. A great listing agent has the ability to dig deeper and ask the questions within the questions. Some basic phrases. I mean, if you're on a, if you're on a listing appointment, if you were shadowing me on a listing appointment, or if you were at our event two years ago, because I did a listing appointment right on this stage, you would see that I say this often. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. I'd like to know more about that. Oh, wow, th that's awesome. 
How did you arrive at that? Oh, that's great. How did you happen to pick that area? I'm getting them to talk more. Why? Because a great salesperson talks less. A novice salesperson talks more. When you sell retail, which I did for years while I was in high school and before I got into real estate, they teach you what's called features and benefits selling. Here's the feature and here's how it's gonna benefit the customer. Tell them the feature and then tell them the benefit. That is entry level, low level selling. Master sales professionals cause consumers to discover the benefits themselves through asking great questions. Cause your sellers to dig deeper by being the one that forces them to talk more. The more they talk, the greater chance you win. The more they speak, the greater chance you win. The more they're talking, the greater chance you're getting a listing. Period. Number five. A great listing agent, a great listing agent has two to three answers to every seller objection imaginable. A great listing agent has not one, but two to three answers for every objection imaginable. I mean, you name it, from commission to length of contract to no homes are on the market to, to, to what are you gonna do to sell my house to we're gonna hire our friend to will you discount your commission if we buy a home from you to we wanna work with the neighborhood agent to you don't sell homes in my area. I wish we had time to go through all of those. I was actually hoping to get more of those objections on those cards, but that's all right. We'll do some, of that, some more of that down in the summit in Orlando. A great salesperson has mastered two to three objections, or two to three answers to every objection. You know the rules, right? We've covered the rules of handling objections. You know the rules of handling. Now what I want you to do is to take those rules, because those don't change. No matter what the objection is, hey Jeff, we're, we're hoping we could get a discount on our commission. Well, I can certainly appreciate you would want a discount on your commission, and quite honestly, if I was in your shoes, I would probably be asking the same question. And I'm curious, can I share with you how discounting the commission could actually be harmful to your home sale? And I'm curious. And then I'll have two, three responses to that. Why do I have to have two or three responses? Well, because you're not going to be able to change someone's mind with one opinion. Think about it. You have your mind set on something. When is the last time somebody changed your mind because they had one good reason? Think about it. Never, right? You gotta have two or three to convince somebody to change their mind. And so that's why when we're teaching our agents during script practicing or when they're going through any one of our script programs, it's coming up with two to three answers to objections, not just one. Number six, a great listing agent, a great listing agent has prepared and practiced, a great listing agent has prepared and practiced a professional presentation, comma, a great listing agent, the best of the best, observing agents from across North America, plus my traits and everyone that is in our coaching programs, the best of the best have a prepared and practiced professional presentation, comma, and treats their work like a professional and treats their work like a professional. 
They get suited up every single day with the assumption that no matter what, I'm going to be meeting with the seller today. It's amazing what happens when you have that mindset to start the day, when you're buttoning your suit or your blouse or your dress. It's amazing what happens with your work ethic when you start the day with the mentality of, I'm getting in front of a seller today, so I gotta look good. I'm getting in front of a seller today, so I have to look presentable. I have to look professional. If you start the day with that mindset, next thing that happens as well, watch this. Well, I put on a good suit and I'm gonna have to pay for this thing to be dry clean, so I better work to find an appointment, right? I mean, it's the same reason why for years I fought my coach on door knocking, but I, I did it anyways because I was like, you know what? I'm suited up today anyways. I might as well get in front of somebody. Otherwise, this is gonna be a waste of a good shirt today. A great listing agent has prepared and practiced a professional presentation, comma, and treats their work like a professional. What materials are you using? What are you presenting? How do you present? We'll call this 6B. What does a treating their work like professionals mean? Watch this. Great listing agents pre-qualify. Great listing agents send out a professional pre-listing packet. They pre-qualify. They send out a professional pre-listing packet. This is what it means to be a professional listing agent. They pre-qualify, they send out a professional pre-listing packet. They follow a script. I don't even care if it's our script or anyone's script, they have a script. They show up early. They have a strong value proposition. Professional listing agents show up early, they have a strong value proposition. They show up early, they have a strong value proposition. They understand pricing strategy and more importantly, how to present it. I meet agents all the time. Oh, I'm a market expert. I have studied these comps inside and out. I spent two hours on this presentation, great. How are you gonna handle it when they wanna list higher? Well, what do you mean? Well, how are you gonna respond when they wanna start the listing higher? Well, I'm gonna show them the comps. You think they're just gonna price it at your comps? Well, why wouldn't they? These are the facts. Yeah, but how are you gonna convince them to do that? Well, why should I have to convince them to do it if it's in black and white? Pricing and pricing presentation is a series of questions to get them to self-discover. It's all in the listing presentation. Pricing objections, and more importantly, price reductions. Gosh, you guys know those are coming back, but you know what, it could be worse. I'd rather do price reductions than, than have to show my, home, my buyers three homes, get an offer rejected, three more, get an offer rejected, show three more, get an offer rejected. So yeah, it's a little bit painful. Price reduction Fridays are gonna be back. JGA, you guys are in the rooms, you know those. Price reduction Fridays. They're built into the schedule. <laughs> They're on our calendar, price reduction. There will be a day where you have a day designated for those that haven't been doing this more than five, seven years, where it's a price reduction day and that's all you do is go through your inventory and reduce it. They show up early, they have a strong value proposition, they understand the pricing strategy and more importantly, how to present it. They're prepared to handle the most common objections. I'm still under 6A. They're prepared to handle the most common objections. They're ready. They got the answers to all of them. 
right? They take the mentality to where if I were to ask, who wants to be on stage next year doing Stump the Chump with me? And all the hands in the room go up. Let's do it. Do you have that confidence? Well, you got six months to get it. And then they close at least five times, I'm sorry, they close at least three to five times for the signature. They close at least three to, four, three to five times for the signature. I have people ask, well, how do you, isn't that a little uncomfortable? Like, you ask for the contract and they tell you no and you ask again? No. Okay? You ask, are, are you ready to put me to work for you today? You know, Jeff, you know, we, we're, we, gotta, we gotta think about this a little bit. It's a big decision. Oh, I know it's a big decision. And if I were in your shoes, I would probably wanna give it some thought too. And if you don't mind me asking, what specifically is it that you'd like to think about? Well, we're not super comfortable with this price. You know, it's a little lower than we wanted. The market was a little hot. And then you handle that objection. And then what do you do after you handle the objection? What was rule number six? Then you close again. Well, now that, we, now that we're kinda on the same page with price, I'm really looking forward to going to work for you. Ready to get started? That's two. Well, no, we're, we're, yeah, we kind of see what you're saying on price, and I, I guess we'd be open to that, but we're a little concerned about your commission. You know, the last agent we had out said that they would do it for 5%. Well, I can certainly appreciate that. I mean, obviously, anytime you're looking to save money, it's a good thing. I would want to save money, too. And I'm curious, in your mind, how does saving money on commission mean put, putting more money in your pocket? And I'm curious, in your mind, how does saving money on commission automatically mean putting more money in your pocket? Because I understand why you'd ask that question, because you think if I save money on the commission, then I'm gonna net more on my sale. And did you know in most cases that's actually not the case? Why is that? Well, because the agents that are reducing their commissions, generally speaking, aren't spending as much as we are in marketing to drive traffic to your home, which means then less chance of a bidding war, which means then less, less offers, which means then less going back and forth. So are you really comfortable saving a point or even two, knowing that it could cost you four or 5% of your home's value? In that case, you're not really saving anything, are you? Well, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Most sellers end up hiring us because we put more money in their pocket. And I would like to apply for the job of putting more money in your pocket. Are you ready to put me to work for you? That's number three. Well, th this is a real listing appointment. I mean, this is every single listing appointment today. Well, um, no, you're right, I, I get it. We see that you guys do more and I understand and um, we, just, we just, you know, need to take the night to sleep on it. I can appreciate that, it, it's a big decision. I would probably wanna give it some serious thought as well and what I hear from a lot of sellers is it's not so much that they need the night to sleep on it, it's more so that they just wanna talk in private. And if that's the case, I totally respect that. I would probably wanna talk in private too if I were you. So why don't we do this? Your time's valuable. I'll just step outside. I'll return a couple phone calls and just wave me in after you guys have had a chance to talk. Fair enough? Oh, okay, all right, sure, no problem. And I get up and I start walking out the door. I'm out there returning calls on the porch. They wave me in. So have you guys decided to put me to work for you? Yep, we're ready to go. Great, let's go ahead and get started. Close number four. So when I say close three to five times, that's what it looks like. Why does it look like that? Because every time you close, they're gonna give you an objection. That's why one of the six rules is close after you handle an objection. Well, Jeff, that was pretty smooth. How do I get to that? You have role play partners every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for seven to 10 years. That's how you get to that. 
Because for this pursuit, and for those of you that are thinking, yeah, I get this whole scripts and dialogues thing, but I'm really gonna master marketing. I'm really gonna master technology. I'm really gonna master this CRM, or I'm really gonna take advantage of this tool that my company offers. My response to every single one of those will always be, I can't wait. I hope you succeed with social media. I hope you succeed with your CRM. I hope you would succeed with your online marketing. And for the foreseeable future, will you still be doing a listing appointment and a buyer consultation? Will your goal still to be to get in front of a buyer and seller no matter what tool you use? Well, yeah, great. Then people are always going to make a decision, or at least for the foreseeable future, make a decision to hire you based on how you make them feel. And how you make them feel is determined on what you say and what questions you ask. So I'm sorry, as good as you are with marketing, as great as you are with branding and online and social media and Google AdWords and pay-per-click and all of this, none of that matters if you're going against me. Because you will lose every time. Why? Because I've made the decision to master my scripts and dialogues above all. For the 80% of you that raised your hand that are not from the state of Michigan, if you were to ask any one of the agents that are from Michigan, or particularly Metro Detroit, what is it that his team does differently? Most, not all, but most would say, Jeff forces his agents to become salespeople. He makes his agents prospect. Can you believe that? He makes his agents learn scripts and dialogues. That's a f above all, that's the secret. If people come up and they do oftentimes when I'm in other cities, all right, Jeff, if you can just tell me one thing, what's the secret to your success? Some of you did that this week. I was just having a conversation out in the hall. I said, I know this sounds cliche, but when I say master your scripts and dialogues, I mean it. I don't mean just read a script a couple times and I can get familiar with this. Master it. Become a professional salesperson, like an actor or an actress would master it. Or be an amateur and learn all the other stuff around about the business and show up and just kind of wing it and lose out on appointments to agents like me. Number seven. A great listing agent understands their value to a client. A great listing agent understands their value to a client. They're proud of the work they do. They make sure that every component of their presentation, from how they dress to the words that come out of the, their mouth reflect that. A great listing agent, watch this, write this down, a great listing agent is not ashamed to be a salesperson. A great listing agent is not ashamed to be a salesperson. In fact, it's the opposite, they embrace it. They love sales. I always share this story, I don't know if my sister is in the room, but for years and years, everyone, when they would join our company, they'd want all these cool titles on their card, you know, real estate consultant, you know, real estate extraordinaire, real estate expert. Christy, what do you want your title to be on your card? Sales. Just sales? Yeah, just sales, like not even real estate sales, just sales, that's right. Under your name, it's gonna say Christy Glover, sales, that's it. Yep, that's it. Okay, why is that? Well, because she embraces the idea of being a great salesperson first in order to succeed in this business. And that's a reminder every single day. I mean, I'm sure her cards today still say sales. Number eight, a great listing agent, oh, this is a tough one. A great listing agent has the discipline, a great listing agent has the discipline 
to follow up consistently. A great listing agent has the, dis- the discipline to follow up consistently, dot, 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 and recognizes... A great listing agent has a discipline to follow up consistently and recognizes that 60 to 70 of their appointments set will come from lead follow-up. A great listing agent follows up consistently and they realize that the majority, 60 to 70% of the appointments they set will actually come from lead follow-up. Now that is not only fact, but it's also a mindset. And the mindset is what causes us to follow up more. Watch this. Agents prospect, they get a lead, let's follow up, let's get a lead. Oh, great conversation. Oh, bummer, they didn't set an appointment with me. They file it away somewhere. You realize the majority of your competition talks to a prospect maybe once or twice and either throws them away or it gets lost in space somewhere. The best of the best listing agents are following up time and time again. We've had a rule for, for years. Okay, three calls, three texts, three emails in three days when you're trying to talk to a new lead. Three calls, three texts, three emails in three days when you're trying to convert a new lead. And after you've talked to them, you follow up with, with whatever time you agreed to follow up. You set a date, you set a time, not for them, for who? For you. Because what happens is when you set a date and time, when you tell the prospect that you're going to follow up with them at a date and time, that's not for their benefit, it's for yours. Because you know if you don't, you're going to lose that sale. So what does that do? That causes you to put it in your CRM, put it in your calendar, and make sure you're always honoring your word to that. The majority of your appointments will not come on that initial call. They'll come on the second, the third, the fourth, or sometimes even the fifth follow-up call. Point number nine. A great listing agent has the ability, a great listing agent has the ability to ask for the sale. Dot, dot, dot. And to not take no for an answer when yes is still available. A great listing agent has the ability to ask for the sale and not take no for an answer when a yes is still available. You just heard a strong salesperson closes three to five times. A great listing agent has the ability to ask for the sale. Many of us are afraid of the sale. I really have two closes. You know, obviously you heard me say, are you ready to put me to work for you? I use that one all the time. Actually, my favorite close though is the assumptive close. And that is when things are just gelling, things are jiving. I open up the listing folder towards the end of the presentation. I've handled objections. Things are looking good. Things are feeling good. I pull out the listing paperwork, and on top of my listing paperwork, and those that are with JGA, you know the very first sheet on our listing paperwork is the showing instructions form, which is, you know, who wants to, when do you want showings, what number do we call, and all this other stuff. I pull that packet out because it's got the listing agreement right behind that form, and I just ask, all right, well, if everything sounds good to you guys, who's going to be handling showings, and what number shall we call? When we have our first showing, who should we be calling? The second they start giving you a phone number or a name, you have the listing. Okay, this is a very easy, simple, assumptive close, especially if things are going well. A great salesperson has the ability to ask for the sale even when it's uncomfortable. 
And finally, number 10. Number 10. A great listing agent, a great listing agent follows a system, a great listing agent follows a system and hires someone to hold them accountable to that. A great listing agent follows a system and hires someone to hold them accountable to that. A great listing agent follows a system and hires someone to hold them accountable to that. And I would like to apply for that job. The reality is, you have saw over the last three days, between one-on-one interviews, panels, people that you meet in the hallway, everyone has someone, if they're succeeding at a high level, that has held them accountable at some point. And as you just heard from our, even our last panel, doesn't matter what level you get involved. I know what it's like. I've been in the chairs. I still go to these events. The energy, the enthusiasm, the excitement, whatever you're feeling right now, we have to extend this as long as we can. Because what happens is you go back to your office and maybe you take tomorrow off or you go back to work tomorrow or maybe you take Friday off or the weekend off and you're all fired up, ready to go, and you circle your notes, and you star things, and you highlight things, and then Monday comes, and you're fired up, you show up an hour earlier, you're suited up, ready to go, we're gonna do this, and then Tuesday comes, you're still there an hour earlier, you're suited up, you're ready to go, we're gonna do this, and then Wednesday comes, and maybe you're about 15 or 20 minutes late, and you're not wearing a tie on Wednesday, because Wednesday's non-tie days, and, you know, and then Thursday rolls around, and now you're a little bit, a little bit later than you were on Wednesday, and you decided you you didn't have your dry cleaning ready and, and it's taco Thursday and so you don't want to get anything on your shirt and so you're going to kind of relax and then Friday rolls around you're going to take a half day and next thing you know everything we just did in the last three days is, is gone. That is a common syndrome of conferences because you get fired up, pumped up, circle things, highlight things, star things, implement things, let's do this, let's do that and then you return home. And then you return to your same environment. Not that your environment's a bad environment. My environments were never bad environments. I very much appreciated the real estate brokerages that I've been a part of. But in order to keep this high, in order to keep the energy, in order to keep the excitement, the enthusiasm, the belief in what you're doing on a daily basis, you have to plug in to something. Whether it's us or somebody else, at that point, that's on you. But you have to be plugged in if you wanna keep this going. Otherwise, you can keep going to conferences, keep getting fired up and do a couple extra deals here and there and and have fun and, and meet a lot of people, but then nothing ever shows for it. Don't be one of those agents. Hire someone to hold you accountable. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.